Welcome to Cybercast. I'm your host, Nikki Henderson. We are live from the HEMS conference in Orlando, Florida, talking to industry leaders about pressing issues and developments in health IT. As the cybersecurity and privacy field continue to grow in the healthcare space, so does the need to better protect patient data. Cyber attacks are increasing at an alarming rate and the cyber workforce shortage has become a major challenge for many organizations and government is not immune. Biases can significantly narrow your candidate pool. Some leaders at Penn Medicine believe hiring managers should focus more on the bias within their recruitment systems and recognize that diversity will bring a greater sum of skills. Jessica Chen, Senior Application Manager of Clinical Research Information Security at Penn Medicine, said it's vital for medical organizations to create a team that looks different and thinks different to protect against ever-changing threats. Seth Bogey, Director of Information Security at Penn Medicine, said the workforce plays a key role in security. People across an organization are on the front lines and should be aware of the risks and their role in the entire process. Chen and Fogey are speaking with me today about ransomware, Penn's approach to cybersecurity issues, and the importance of investing in a diverse workforce. So my name is Jessica Chen. I'm a senior application manager and the applications I manage are clinical research IT applications. And so I'm responsible for the clinical research technology at uh, Penn Medicine. I'm Seth Bogey and my role is Director of Information Security for Penn Medicine. As part of that, I am a hiring manager mainly for the engineering uh, side of the program, but uh, in previous roles, it's been for the information operations security team as well, which handles incident response and uh, vulnerability management, things like that. Whereas the engineering side is kind of more focused on the selection, implementation, and ongoing care of the, the tools and the systems that we use to protect them as Great, great. Very interesting. Um, I want to start off by giving this question to both of you. What are some of the biggest challenges right now in the cybersecurity space? Ransomware and the ongoing nation state level of attacks and the vulnerabilities and the, that are being discovered and the, the pace at which it's increasing um, and the threats that come along with that, I would say is, is probably just a very fast or short summary of what is keeping the uh, cybersecurity folks awake at night because the, it's just the, the pace is increasing and the technical complexity of these attacks are increasing and it's hitting environments and systems that cannot simply just be quickly remediated and in some cases there is no remediation and I, you know I could go on for a bit but if we just even take the the log for j it's a, it's a more recent vulnerability that was exposed that was put out there and the, there wasn't a remediation for in place or available for a lot of the systems there were workarounds but even understanding the scope of the impact of that vulnerability uh, still isn't fully understood so and that was a good two months ago um, so that's just one example. And we're seeing that occur more and more often where these 
really serious critical vulnerabilities that can cause a major impact and then be used by the, the malicious actors out there to, to send in ransomware are, um, it's just, it's increasing at a, at a fast, fast pace and it's harder to keep up with all the issues associated to it. Okay, and Jessica, would you like to add anything to that? Absolutely. So um, I knew that I had a feeling uh, that Seth would definitely mention kind of the ransomware attacks, which is absolutely, I think, one of the, the biggest areas. I also see that one of the, not it's hands in hand, I would say, is definitely the resourcing and education that need to go along with that. So part of the, the issue with a lot of these vulnerabilities is that we simply, organizations don't have the staff to support um, you know, 100%, 365 days, 24 by 7, constant monitoring of every potential means of access to our systems, whether they be through a person or through a, a system. And then on top of that, the, the education that kind of goes hand in hand with that for both the individuals that are responsible for the security, but also the broader operational needs um, are, are kind of related, I would say, um, I wouldn't say that they're more or less, but uh, sort of hand in hand with creating these vulnerabilities that are at the forefront of all of our knowledge and thoughts right now. How does the potential cyber workforce shortage uh, fall into that? I think Jessica uh, summed it up a little bit there. Um, yeah, she's dead on when she's talking about the, the shortage of um, skilled workforce members that can detect uh, and then just even triage these issues that are, that are occurring. So, you know, the I've been fortunate to be part of cybersecurity since before it was cybersecurity. And there's a there's kind of an evolution of of how how people used to develop their cybersecurity skills and now how people are developing their cybersecurity skills. And in the in the legacy days, I would say that a lot of the cybersecurity people came from, you know, infrastructure teams and and technical geeky teams. Um, but as 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 we all realized that there aren't enough people to continue to try and feed the cybersecurity workforce from those technical teams, which is why we're seeing kind of a shortage, but also a focus from the educational institutes on on trying to develop cybersecurity folks. You got boot camps now, and you've got um, full education you know, pathings up through internships and into the workforce. So we're we're at a point now where where unfortunately the the work coming in is outpacing the number of people that are even being um, grown through the 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 security program uh, pathings that have existed and now exist. And how do each of you feel that bias is actually impacting the candidate pool? Yeah, so I think that there's, of course, when you talk about bias, there's individual biases, and we all have our biases. Um, and, you know, I could go on and on about the, the types of training and education that folks um, should uh, participate in. Um, but we all have our own biases around, you know, an affinity for individuals or types of individuals. And that can introduce negative sort of narrowing your your candidate pool but the other area that uh, i think that folks need to start to focus on is the bias within your entire recruitment system um, so of course uh, i think many most hiring managers I, I you know if i give folks the benefit of the doubt i think are are trying to address these biases within their own interviewing techniques or their own uh, recruitment and retention techniques 
Uh, that being said, though, there are still biases within the system that are, again, narrowing that candidate pool. So you can imagine if we already have a shortfall of, of from a workforce perspective, if you have, you know, a thousand openings and we only have, say, 50 qualified candidates, if you start to narrow that funnel in, in increasingly without really considering those biases, you could then start to have no potential quote unquote qualified candidates. And then that shortfall becomes even, even greater because you, you've actually uh, eliminated candidates before they've even entered your, your recruitment funnel. So uh, everything Jessica talks about is relevant. And one of the, one of the, I guess, as, as I have been a hiring manager for uh, say 10 years and some, in some form or function probably, and coming from a technical background, it's, you know, having conversations like this is, is helpful for me because it, it brings to light that, that these biases exist. And like Jessica said, we all have them and they're easy to, to, to miss if you're not consciously putting them out in front of you and trying to be aware that, that, you know, there's, there's probably a, a normal flow that you're just going to naturally kind of, you know, go to and that normal flow may not be, and probably isn't one that's, that's inclusive and diverse of, you know, all, all any kind of varying different, you know, uh, characteristics of a person. So that's why one of the reasons I, I wanted to jump in on this conversation is because this, this helps just stimulate those kinds of thoughts and, and brings it to the top of mind, which is, probably one of the most important things for people who are hiring managers in the security field to just keep in mind as they're, as they're opening new positions up to um, recognize the, that, that even from, I mean, we take one aspect of it from a diversity perspective, a diverse team is going to be and, and come and provide um, a, a, a greater sum of skills than a team that's going to be just all one type of personality. So, uh, you know, again, it's the, just recognizing it, number one, and then acting on that, number two. Okay. Okay. That makes perfect sense. What are some of the ways Penn is approaching cybersecurity issues? The, by issues, uh, I'm going to, I guess, start from the, I mean, there's two ways to look at that. Again, it's, it's the, the staffing and bringing in and making sure that we have the right, the right workforce to handle the load. But from a, even from a program level, it's, it's, there's also the recognizing the threats that are, and they're, they're technical threats, and there's also workforce threats. And you know, there's, there's the maturity of the program that we have to continue to grow in order to meet what's going on out there in, in the rest of the world and being able to be nimble enough to quickly react. But when it comes to the workforce, uh, some of the things we are doing, uh, I mean, diversity is part of the conversation when we do look for uh, new, new employees and um, backfills and, and that kind of thing. And then even within the program, we're, we're trying to build a program that is interesting and that is adaptable, uh, like this work from home thing. Uh, you know, that came out of nowhere uh, two years ago. But we've adjusted to that and been able to work with our teams to, to accommodate that, that kind of paradigm shift of where, where work has to uh, occur. And when, even within the team though, we offer some, you know, unique uh, team building events that we call it a pen test uh, exercise, pun intended, um, where we, we offer up the kind of the 
you know, traditionally more fun side of security where you get to go hack something as a team and you kind of learn the skills, learn the tools and, and continue to grow that particular aspect of the, of the workforce to make sure that you're ready for the, the things that are coming at you from outside of the, from the outside world. Okay. Okay. And Jessica, would you like to say something about this? I think that uh, Penn Medicine has, has recognized um, that, you know, the, the, there needs to be an investment into our workforce and, and really it's, it's the people that make a difference at our organization and cybersecurity uh, is, is no, ex is no exception in that way. And so as an organization, we are investing in our, our people ensuring that they have the skills and the support that they need. They have the ability to work as needed, which all can help to, to really expand and open up different opportunities, both within our organization, but also as we, we look for um, opportunity for individuals outside our organization, as we continue to grow um, and expand, and, and as an organization, we are just continuing to, to invest in some of the examples that Seth mentioned just specifically within our own department. Um, but in general, it, it's an area of significant focus for our organization is, is really investment into our employees and our workforce. And, and uh, you know, after hearing Jessica talk about a couple of things here, there are, there are a few other things that we do try to focus on. Um, doesn't always work out, but we like to look for internal candidates to, to promote and to bring into the program. Um, we've done that several times, um, whether it's an internship that gets transitioned into a full-time employee or whether it's a, you know, a member of the PC tech team or um, the service desk that, that can come into the program. Um, you know, we, we look for the passion because passion for security is, you know, it's, it's critical because it's, it, you need that in this, in this field. It's a very dynamic field that requires quite an investment of time and motivation when it comes to the, the learning required to keep up. But you can build on passion. And once you have that passion, you continue to build. And we also look for, uh, we, internally, Jessica said, the, the training aspect. Um, we've baked that, that training opportunity into the program and make sure that our team is aware that it's available and that we provide um, what is, you know, in the, in the security world, it's, it's SANS training. It's kind of considered the one of the best kind of trainings out there. It's very technical. It's, it's not, actually I shouldn't say it's just technical. It, it covers all the bases, but it's very thorough training. And we recognize also when people get cert certifications that that is a, you know, we encourage that in the program and we make sure that people are, are recognized and rewarded for it. Great, great. I do want to know, how do each of you uh, think that modern cyber threats impact your decisions and the types of technologies or network access methods that you employ? Oh, that's a, that's an interesting one because it, it, it often takes time to react to what is going on out in, um, out in the world and to adjust the, the program to meet that. And a lot of this, you know, there's, like, again, there's a, there's a technical aspect, but then there's the, the, the cybersecurity and skill set aspect and the processes that kind of bring the two together. So the technology, you know, you're, you're always, you're going to have the vendors and the solutions that are probably going to be available, but we have to plan for that. We have to make sure that that we can be agile enough to implement a new technology solution as as the as the threats require. But 
you know, there's a workforce size that needs to be able to understand what that threat is and, and have the, the freedom to do the, the research or the understanding and interact with the, their peers and even within, within the team to digest the information, to take apart whatever is, you know, the, the threat is and to break it down into what makes it dangerous and then be able to perhaps use the tools we have maybe add a new process or procedure or add some kind of enhancement or, you know, we even create some kind of self, create a tool ourselves that could address some of that. So, you know, it, it, it really depends on the threat, but it, uh, it covers, you know, the whole people process technology. It, it, the solutions found somewhere in there and usually in all three. Jessica, would you like to respond to this question? Absolutely. So, you know, I think that to, to build on what that says, you know, it, I come from the the application side, so really supporting the our front end users, and and it's it's definitely uh, I think changed the way folks are are thinking about the technology um, in our industry because we you know we we my teams tend to focus on uh, kind of supporting academic medicine and supporting research, and so there we we often have to utilize new technologies, and we're expanding and and we're definitely working in areas that never existed uh, even 5, 10, 15 years ago. But that doesn't mean that we can forget about the risks that come with it. In fact, as we continue to, to grow and change in this industry, of course, as you mentioned, these are, are modern cybersecurity threats. I think it, be, it, it has forced a lot of consideration of saying, how much are we willing to balance uh, the importance of collaboration and increased access and transparency at the same time while still needing to protect our information. So looking at what's the right technology is not always just a matter of what's the easiest to use or what is the flashiest technology. As I said, sometimes it's looking at what we have already and what are some opportunities to uh, address workflows and support, but still maintaining that, that level of security. So I think that it's, it's, become an interesting aspect as we consider um, on the front end, both from our technology side, but also from our operational perspective as to what our, what the direction we want to move in when it comes to uh, searching for, for new opportunities. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, well, before we conclude, I just want to ask, as Seth, is there anything more you would like to say about what Penn is doing uh, regarding hacking and ransomware threats or just any final comments in general? Um, well, we, we can, you know, we're, we're focused on security. We've, uh, we have a, a program that, that we like to say is uh, world-class um, where we recognize that the, the world is shifting landscape and we continue to try and keep up with what's going on out there. Um, bringing it back to um, the the workforce, though, uh, I, Jessica hit it on the head by saying that it's the people that really are the most important part, and it's it's not just the people in the security program; it's the people across the organization that that are are really the front line of the security program, um, and making sure that they're aware of of their part in that and uh, the the threats and the risks that are out there that, that are um, being targeted at them. So, I mean, it, we all know that phishing attacks occur. We all know that, that there's any number of ways for somebody to get the attention of somebody who's inside the organization. And 
the sooner that those things are reported and understood, the, the quicker we can respond and the safer the organization can be. So I know our, our, our uh, organization takes it seriously and we've got, you know, we've got from the board all the way down um, attention on, on security and, it's, and it is top of mind. And, you know, I'm thankful that, that Penn treats it that way. Great. Jessica, uh, is there anything else you would like to add as far as the recruiting aspect of this or just any uh, final thoughts you may have? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, that these, these threats are obviously not going away and they're going to continue to, you know, this is a new world we work in. And I think that what's most imp- what, what is important is for organizations and, and for medicine is, is definitely putting a, little, a lot of focus on this is how are you supporting and creating the best team to, pr- to protect and support your, your organization. And that comes, I wanna highlight as that said, is creating a diverse team. If you have a team that looks all one way or thinks all the same way, um, you're not gonna be prepared for the ever-changing industry um, and the ever-changing threats that are continuing to develop. And so it's important for organizations um, to continue to focus on how can they recruit and retain um, as, as diverse and inclusive candidate pool and, and workforce as, as possible. Um, and I, I can definitely say that our organization has has is focusing on that because as we've both, I think, said is, is the uh, employees are, are really at the core of, of our organization. Well, um, Jessica and Seth, this was a really good conversation about a very important topic. So I just want to thank both of you again for taking out time to speak with me today. Thank you for the opportunity. Cybercast, along with GovCast and HealthCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at gcio.com.